2: Over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm a hundred percent ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley, it doesn't
0: get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: You know, well, studies say that every year over the holidays, the average American puts on an average of seven pounds or so. <laughs> Well, do you do you resemble that
0: that remark yet? By the way, Paulie, right now you better believe it, man. I mean, I've been on vacation now for um, a handful of days, and let me tell you, that seven pounds is a little conservative.
3: <laughs> so over the next three weeks, uh, we figure here's the game plan. Okay, America has to stop putting on the lbs and then Arizona uh, has to, if they want to get back in shape, the Cardinals got to uh, stop taking these L's right now, okay? That's the game plan over the next three weeks, and it starts with a bah humbug beatdown of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Sunday night in primetime, Christmas night. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We like to bill ourselves as the original Thursday night football. So forget Jags and Jets tonight. It's all right here, Wolf, because as you know, our special guest is Cardinals rookie tight end coming off a season-best game in his home state. Trey McBride is on board. Trey, how are we doing?
4: Doing good, yeah. Thank you
0: so much for having me on. This is awesome.
3: No, Trey, uh, thank you, man. We really appreciate
0: you joining us right now. How do you think... Your rookie season is progressing, my friend.
4: Yeah, you know, I think uh, think about the rookie rookie years. You're you're constantly learning. Everything's so different. Everything, uh, you know, everything's moving so fast. So I think each week I've I've gotten a lot better. the The game is starting to slow down a little bit for me, and I think each week I've started to progress and gotten each gotten better each and every week. And that's something that I you know I'm striving to do is is continue to get better um, each and every week. And I think I, I've done that.
3: Well, your numbers at Denver, right? Four catches, fifty-five yards. He had the long, uh, twenty-nine, all season highs. Did your confidence actually build, maybe even over the course of that game?
4: Yeah, you know, I think just being back in Colorado, I think there was just something in the something in the air that um, just just made me play a little bit better. But honestly, uh, yeah, just as I kept going, I, I know I, I know I can play play at this league, and I know I can be a good player. So just, you know, as I keep getting those reps, keep getting those balls thrown to me, um, I, that confidence is just continually
0: growing. You know, going back to when you were growing up, why, why did you start playing football? Why did you do that, Trey?
4: You know, I, we just, I have three three other brothers, so uh, we, we all just kind of, had had fun together and we just did whatever we could and I think most of all my our our parents threw us into to sports to get our energy out you know so I think that's really how it all started was my mom wanted us all to get out of the house and burn our energy so she threw us in as many sports as we could and and I think all of our brothers just fell in love with with football I think Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how how it all happened yeah.
3: It says here that in high school you also played basketball and baseball. In fact, you excelled. You set school records for most career points in basketball and most home runs and RBIs in baseball. Now, Wolf allegedly was All-State in baseball. (laughs) Nobody has yet to prove that. Three times, Paul. (laughs) No, stop, stop. So at what point did you choose football only, or was that sort of always your course? You know, I think it was um – I, I kind of realized that
4: my best uh, chance at success was going to be to play football. I really love football more than anything. I was really good at basketball. I was really good at baseball. And I did kind of teeter-totter with playing baseball in college. But I just knew I wanted to play football. That was always my my calling. I knew I was going to be the most successful and the best at that sport. So I just wanted to put my sole focus into to football. And also I wanted to play football with my brother. And, and that's what I did in college was continue playing with him.
0: So you, you, we know why you started playing football, but now as an adult, what is the best thing about the sport to mm. you, Trey?
4: Yeah, I think there's there's so much to love about this sport, but I think just the the grittiness of of putting your pads on every day and getting to work <laughs> and just like hitting those guys like in the trenches is is a you know it's just fun in there and you just like. Running those, you know, duo and and just getting a good block with the tackle. I mean, just stuff like that. It's hard to beat. Like it's just so fun when you get to do stuff like that. So I just, I mean, there's so much to love about this game. But I just, I just love the so, gritty and nastiness about so, it.
0: You know. So Trey, when you when you say duo. You mean double, right? You mean the power without the pull, correct?
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. <laughs> that is that is one of the most physical plays in the game, man. You know, you like, like
4: that. I mean, it's just when you get a good block with the with the tackle. I think that's fun, man. When you get a combo up to a linebacker. I mean, it's part of the game. You know, it's you got to learn to love it. You know.
0: Yeah.
3: When I see your numbers last year at Colorado State—90 catches, over 1,100 yards receiving, 90 plus yards per game—right? I mean, John Mackey Award winner as the nation's top tight end. I think of a receiving tight end. But to what degree were you a dual tight end at Colorado State?
4: You know, I I, I was a I was a real tight end. I, I put my hand in the ground 75 percent of the time. Um, they didn't split me out a whole lot. So you know, that's that's really how I I made my. You know, that's how I made my role at Colorado State. It all started in the run game, um, and I think that's how you, you you pave your role is you you succeed in the run game, and that's how you get opportunities in the pass game with the play action, things like that. So that's how it all started at Colorado State. And, um, yeah, I was, I was putting my hand in the ground, you know, things like that. I, they didn't split me out a whole lot. So um, I, I did get a lot of catches, but my hand was in the ground.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Colorado State, what is the biggest difference between college and the National Football League?
4: Yeah I think just the room room for air is is very very small you know guys just move so much faster the the play of the game is so much faster and you know you just there's there's no room for air in in this league you know like the 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 margin of error is so small, you know. Catching a ball, you you have to be so perfect on everything. So I think that's the the biggest difference is just the the margin of error you have um, is is so so minimal in this league.
3: Cardinals second round rookie tight end Trey McBride, our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So before Fort Collins in Colorado State, it was Fort Morgan where you grew up. We saw some of that last night on Hard Knocks. You know, <laughs> and, and it's interesting, Wolf. We've had Antonio Hamilton. From small town Johnston, South Carolina. Zaven Collins, Hominy, Oklahoma. Both guys, when telling us the population of their towns, which was less than 10,000, they subtracted the population of the prison. For, that's how small, because the, the prison like, doubles the town population. But tell us a little bit about Fort Morgan. Yeah, you know, Fort Morgan's a, a small little farm town,
4: uh, northeast Colorado. But, you know, our, our population was about 10,000 to 15,000. So, pretty small town my graduating high school class was roughly you know 75 to 100 people so wow. you know it was just a small small community everyone everyone farmed everyone knew each other and it was just it was awesome I loved it you know everyone knew where you lived you knew where everyone else lived you knew it I mean everything all the business was going on you knew everything that was going on in the town so it was it was a lot of fun I loved everything about Fort Morgan
0: so Trey, when you look down the road and you see yourself 20 years from now do you see yourself living in a rural area? You know, I, I loved it out there. I, I
4: loved growing up. Um, you know, I don't see myself going back to Fort Morgan necessarily, but I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to say. I could definitely see myself in a rural area,
3: um, but yeah. I, I just it's hard to say, you know. What's it like to watch you talk about your hometown and have all your interactions and your family documented by NFL films on HBO last night? What was that like?
4: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's very special, and, and, and you know the just to bring um, Fort Morgan into the picture, you know, it's a kind of an under the radar town that no one really hears about. So it's kind of cool to to bring that into the picture and have people, you know, see what that town's all about. It's it's very special to the community and everyone there in Fort Morgan as well. So I'm glad that I can uh, you know shine a little light on that town.
0: So talk a little bit, if you will, right now of this offense that you're currently in. How how do you think you fit into this offense going forward?
4: You know, I think uh, they do a really good job of, uh, you know, there's so many playmakers on this team, so just just finding a a role and kind of Making as many plays as you can. You know, I think I'm a I'm a good run blocker. I think I can help in the run game a lot. And I also think that they can split me out a little bit, you know, get me one on one with linebackers, safeties, things like that. And I, I feel like I can win that matchup. But, you know, I think the my roles continually increased each and every week just because this the play of the game, speed of the game is slowing down a little bit and I'm feeling more comfortable. So I think as as long as I keep showing improvement and and uh, you know, room for less room for air in that then they'll
3: continue to, to keep, you know, featuring me. Speaking of, your position coach, Steve Hyden. Look, we know how it works with rookies in the NFL. In fact, I had an assistant coach tell me earlier today, just say, Paul, when was the last time a rookie came in and really just crushed it from the get-go, right? It is a process. And Steve Hyden last night on Hard Knocks NFL Films, they captured a moment not long after the mid-season, season-ending injury to Zach Ertz, and all of a sudden – your role changed. Things got extremely real. Here you go. They took us into the tight end meeting room. We have a job in here to, to replace what we lost, right? You,
4: it's time to step up. All the that we dealt with,
3: with the technique, the mental errors, okay, all that's going to stop. You're not a rookie anymore. You know what to do. Just be confident. Go out there and go do it. And that's all we saw and heard. What was going on in your mind when he was telling you
2: that?
4: Yeah, you know, I was um, just uh, excited for the opportunity. Um, but, you know, I knew it wasn't wasn't anything that I wasn't prepared for. Um, you know, I, I come in, I, I, I'm prepared. I knew each and every week that, that I was one play away from being, uh, being that guy. So I prepared each week that I was going to play as many plays as I could. So I, I made sure I knew that playbook inside and out. So if my chance ever did come, uh, I wasn't going to miss it. So... Um, that's something that's uh, very, it was very, you know, it's a cool honor to, to get that role to, to be the guy that steps in for, for an injured Zach. You know, he's a, he's a huge part of this offense. And for me to step in and, and they expect me to play just like he does, uh, you know, things like that. So um, it, was a, it was a huge honor for me, but something that I feel like I was prepared, um, prepared for.
0: You know, for me, I look at you and I watch you play, Trey, and one of the most difficult adjustments I think you've had to make is where you line up in the backfield. And where you run in space and try to get your block that way, um, how much of that did you do at Colorado State? Did you do a lot of in the backfield stuff?
4: You know, I didn't. Uh, we had another tight end that did a lot of that stuff, um, and I was just more of the inline, you know, true wide right. tight end that would that would put their hand in the ground. So we had another tight end that would do a lot of that other stuff. So so I didn't do it. So yeah, that is a, a huge learning curve for me, but something that you know I'm willing to do and and, and I feel
3: comfortable doing. I just Obviously, it's a little bit of an adjustment at this level. Another wide tight end, right? A classic guy, Max Williams. And we had him on. It was early this year. It was actually week three of this season. Max Williams was our guest here on the Big Red Rage. And at that point, really, you hadn't seen much action in the two regular season games at that point. Yet, Max Williams had seen enough to say this. I mean, I think he's going to be special. Young guy coming in. He's athletic. He can block. It's crazy. It's crazy people
4: see him they're saying oh he's gonna be this receiving tight end he's gonna get down and dirty in those trenches wolf would love it he's gonna be excited too so for me every one of the fans are wondering about trey you ain't gotta worry about trey trey's gonna be special here in my opinion and i can't wait to see it i'm here for it i'm all in his
3: corner i'm trying to do the best i can to help him me and zach and i love the kid man he's awesome some great words from from your teammate. Now I know Max Williams; he's a great great personality, <laughs> yeah. right? And he can be demanding and high maintenance on the rookies in the room. It's funny, you know. But but if there's a couple of things, maybe a couple of boxes to check between now and the end of the season, or these last three games, what would you like to see? And maybe in your own film, you know, I think just just keep keep showing that I
4: can uh, I can keep improving each week. You know, there's so many things that I can get better at. There's little things that can help me get open, um, and it's just seeing it you know playing at this level it's things happen so fast people design disguise coverages so well so it's really it's really just playing fast and and continuing to grow each and every week and i i think that i can continue to do
0: that and and continue to finish this season strong on a on a high note who is the baddest man you faced so far out on the field. <laughs> Who's the baddest guy, Trey?
4: You know, there's been, a, there's been a lot of good players that I've gone against this this year. You know, obviously, Bosa was a good player, um, but I think the, the toughest guy that I had a, a really tough time with was uh, with Davenport from uh, from the Saints. He was a real tall, lengthy guy, and I, I did have a heck of a time with that guy.
3: <laughs> Wolf, well, who was the former Bronco that you used to have the toughest time with? Was Didn't Carl Mecklenburg used yes. to kick your face in a couple of times? Come on now. Oh.
0: Paul, get in line. I mean, there were a lot of guys. There were a lot of guys that kicked my face in. Mecklenburg, yes, he was one yeah. of them.
3: Full disclosure, I just like saying the name Mecklenburg. <laughs> I mean, that just that just oozes football, doesn't it? Come on. Appreciate now. it, Paul. Yeah, there you go. By the way,
0: he he literally had a a forehead that was twice your
2: size. Okay.
3: Here we go. Here we go. It's yeah, the gloves are coming off here, Trey. We're just getting rolling. Trey McBride, our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
1: to McCoy's right. He takes the shotgun snap, throws to the left side. McBride caught it at the 35. And he's got a first down before he's bumped out. Pass to the left, caught again by McBride inside the 30, fighting for yardage. McSorley moving to his right, throwing on the run. It's caught for a first down by McBride. And he stepped out of bounds at the 49 of Denver. Remember, this is a homecoming of sorts for him, having played at Colorado State and winning the Mackey Award last year, which goes to college football's Best tight end. McSorley's pass across the middle, caught by McBride. A first down Past to 45, 50. Good run, McBride. Running through arm tackles after the catch to the 45 of Denver.
3: I tell you, you couldn't miss it down on the Cardinals sideline. Every time you made a play, and you had four catches for 55 yards, that cheering section jumped up. It was like two, three dozen people. You had your own cheering section behind the Cardinals bench, about ten rows up.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was really <laughs> cool. My uh, my family all got tickets, kind of right in that area, right behind the right behind the Cardinals bench. So it was really cool to uh, every time come over to the sideline, get a you know see them, and it was just it was a special day to
3: to have everyone there. All right, Trey McBride is our guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We mentioned Carl Mecklenburg, by the way. Uh, you know, Wolf's nemesis back in the day with the Broncos. Did you have a guy growing up? Do you have a favorite Broncos player that you you you, you know? <laughs> and, and, and Ryan Jensen, the Buccaneer center, who's on IR and is a big reason why the Tampa offensive line has not been what it usually has been. He's from your hometown as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a. Uh... Fort Morgan guy went to uh, went to the same high school. It's it's very special. There's been three of us um, now that have made it to the NFL from from my hometown and and like you said, my favorite player growing up is actually you know my favorite Bronco was was Joel Dreessen. You know he was a he was our tight end. Uh, he's from my hometown, so just. Growing up, you know, everyone from my hometown wanted to be like Joel, so it was uh, it was cool when he came and played for the Broncos. That, that, that It became my favorite player for sure.
0: <laughs> Trey, what is it like um, hanging out around Zach Ertz? I, you know, this guy has been one of the better tight ends, if not uh, just a great tight end year in and year out, a guy that has really lit up the league. What is it like being around Zach Ertz?
4: Yeah, it's very cool. It's very special. Um, I, I try to take in as much information as I can. I try to be a sponge around him. You know, he's been so successful in this league for so long, so trying to learn everything I can from him. He he does such a great job. He's he's very sharp in the, he he knows coverages. He's very sharp, so trying to take all the tools that he has, how he reads coverages, how he gets open, and, and kind of put them in my tool bag and, and things like that, but it's been a lot of fun to be around him. He's, uh, he's a great person, a great guy, and, and a guy that's always willing to,
3: to you know, teach me his ways. What's it going to be like to be around Tom Brady on (laughs) Sunday night? I mean, the GOAT of all time. Yeah, you know, that's going
4: to be, uh, that's going to be surreal. You know, a guy that I've really watched growing up my whole life. Um, and to, to be on the same field, um, primetime game this is uh, very very special you know i sometimes i almost wish i was on defense so i could get a chance to sack him but um but that's not gonna happen um but it is very special it's a cool
0: cool very cool deal what do you think is the next step for you trey in your development as you look down the road you say my goodness this is this is where i am right now this is where i want to be next year what is that next step
4: you know, I think just fine tuning the the small things, just getting open in coverage, how to win against you know releases, things like that, top of routes, just really fine tuning everything to make sure that uh, my my margin of error is so small. So just making sure that I can be as perfect as I can in every aspect of the game. But you know, I think uh, just just continuing getting better, staying healthy, things like that. And I think uh, come back next season, knowing the offense, I'm going to be uh, you know moving moving at a much faster pace.
3: When you when you think of Tampa, right? Do you think of Rob Gronkowski? And, and did you ever admire Gronk's game? Because he's another big piece missing from that Buccaneers offense right now.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, my, one of my favorite tight ends growing up was was Gronk, and, and watching him play for with Tom Brady and and things like that, it's been uh, very special. So yeah, I mean, I love watching him. He's a heck of a player, and you know, you never know with him;
3: he could come out of retirement tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah and Wolf you know from doing Coach's TV show Cliff Kingsbury former teammate of Tom Brady and the amount of respect he has for Tom Brady and just here's what he had to say to the media about the matchup on Sunday night
0: I mean he's still the greatest player of all time and you know I've known him now 20 years I got drafted there in '03, and and so to go out and compete against him um, you know or actually be on the same field with him is is going to be an honor and excited to uh, excited to
3: see him He told us on the TV show that Brady's level of commitment to the game is just insane was so far beyond in fact he almost lamented that he didn't have that same commitment in his own playing career and it's one of the reasons why now he gets up at three in the morning in his coaching career so I thought that was that was pretty intriguing but when you look at this, this Tampa team, and you look at the platform and the stage on Sunday night, I just think the fact Brady's out there, the fact it's Sunday night football, a lot of people are saying, ah, eh, the Cardinals are not officially out of the playoff chase, but I don't think energy and intensity is going to be an issue Sunday night. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I don't think so at all. I think, uh, you know, playing on Christmas, um, playing the primetime game, playing against Tom Brady, I think all these things factor into, you know, that high energy, high juice, and I think Guys are guys are still you know guys still love the game guys you know guys are going to go out there and play their hardest give everything they have so I don't think there's going to be any question of of what the Cardinals are going to do that night um, but I'm excited to go out there and see you know how we play and how we do against uh, the the
0: Bucks Trey what do the Bucs do well you've been watching them on tape of course what do the Bucs defensively what do they do well
4: yeah they do a lot of really good things they have really good. Uh, uh, stout defensive ends that that are really good, stout players that just do a good job in the run game. Their two linebackers they have are are just like maniac guys. Like they're all over the place. They're blitzing. They're running around. They're out of their gaps. Like they're just doing stuff all the time. They they don't stop moving. Um, and just, just fundamentally, they do a really good job defensively, and uh, I think they, they're they a really good team, and I'm excited uh, for the matchup. I think it's going to be a great matchup for us, and um, I'm excited to see uh, how our game plan fits.
3: Yeah, Wolf, you know, Devin White and Levante David. I mean, those guys were oh, absolute boy. money in 2020 to the Super Bowl title. I think it's a big reason why the Cardinals drafted Isaiah Simmons and Savin Collins back-to-back. They wanted a pairing like those two inside linebackers from Tampa. And, of course, you're going with Trace McSorley, at quarterback, so he's going to be making his first career start. By the way, Tom Brady has made 331 career starts. Think about the difference right there. Tell us wow. about Trace McSorley. Give us a quick scouting report on what you've seen out of the Cardinals' third-string quarterback. Yeah, he's a,
4: a, a warrior. He's a guy who comes in every day, gets to work, and he's uh, he knows what's going on. Like he he doesn't he didn't get a whole lot of reps, um, you know, up to this point. But he's uh, he's always knowing what's going on. He's really sharp. He's very talented, and I'm super excited to to go and play with him. He's a he's a very good quarterback, and I I feel confident going in the game with Trace uh, back there. So I'm I'm super excited to see everything he does. And, uh, you know, I'm confident that he can bring us a win on Sunday.
0: You know, as you're watching tape and you're looking at the Tampa Bay Bucs scheme from time to time, I'm sure maybe Levante David or Devin White may be on you. Who do you think is better in terms of coverage?
4: You know, I think both of them are are good, good, very, very good backers. But I think uh, in coverage, I think I have an advantage uh, on them. I think that I can get them off their spot. I think both of them do a great job but um, I'm confident that that both of them um, I, I can beat one- on-one in, in coverage so um, but I, I like I said both of them are very talented players and I'm super excited to, to for the matchup
3: I'm just guessing knowing Todd Bowles former defensive coordinator from the Cardinals years ago knowing how ultra aggressive he is and that you have a young unproven quarterback you're gonna see some blitzes aren't you on Sunday night
4: yeah there's no question uh they're gonna they're gonna bring the heat they're gonna they're gonna light us up in with pressure so we gotta be really good about you know getting uh, getting that ball out quick because
0: they're gonna get heat up back there yep no what, doubt what do you expect to see now once again who knows the game plan and everything else I'm not asking you that but do you think you're gonna get more five-man pressures or more blitzes
4: you know balls. I, th- I think they're, they're going to do a lot of five five, you know, man down pressures. Um, yeah. but I do think that they they do do some four down stuff where they bring safeties and stuff off the edge as well, but I'm I'm super confident that we're going to get uh, lots of blitzes, lots of pressure, um but I think with a game plan we have if we can get the ball out quick, you know, hit some runs, some things like that, will yeah. will
3: be just fine. Look, it's December of your rookie year, but I asked you last week if you still have rookie duties. You know, the veterans tassy you with certain things. And what was your answer this time of year?
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. We actually, uh, we actually had to uh, you know, decorate the, the tight ends room, get it all Christmas up. We put a Christmas tree in there had to put some uh, lights, you know, all kinds of different things in there just to make sure that when, uh, when the guys came to work, they knew it was uh, Christmas <laughs> season.
0: <laughs> you know, Trey, you got three games, man. You got three games. This is your rookie year right now. What? What can you accomplish over the next three games? Do you have a goal? Do you have a mindset going into these last three?
4: Yeah, I think just just like I said, continuing to prove each and every week, I've gotten better each week. My, you know, my numbers have gotten better. Everything's just continually getting better. So I think if I just, you know, put my head down, keep going to work like I have, um, keep improving. You know, my opportunity is going to come, and once that opportunity comes, I
3: just got to take full advantage of that and run with it. We heard Cliff Kingsbury on hard knocks during a practice sake, Trey's got to play faster. Has that been part of your evolution?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, just uh, the, the speed of the game I said is so fast, but just, just playing fast, knowing exactly what you're doing and playing confident. Once you're confident, once you know what you're doing, you play faster, you're, you go out there and just play. And then I think that's kind of where I'm getting to is, you know, everything's kind of coming together, everything's get, getting faster. So I just got to go out there and play now, you know? So quickly, Trey, 10 years from now, do you see yourself still playing ball? Yeah, I do. I think uh I think I can play. You know, I want to I want to have at least a 10-year career. So, you know, in 10 years I'm I'm hoping I'm still, you know, blocking 6 techniques. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Trey, we really enjoyed thank it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I I'm super excited and go Cardinals.
3: And we'll uh see him Sunday night. We'll be back with more of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. <laughs>
1: Hit and sack, absolutely mauled by J.J. Watt. That's like turning around, and all of a sudden, Jaws is there, ready to swallow you up. Back to throw, and another sack for J.J. Watt. That's two today as he beats his man and then beats down the quarterback. Back to throw, ripping, And the ball comes out as he's hit. It flutters, and my J. Sanders has a hold of it. They're going to say it's a fumble recovered by Sanders. J.J. Watt. Watt came around, knocked the ball out of his hand. That's what he did. J.J. Watt got the right hand on it. So will that go down as another sack? That
0: goes down as another sack. That'll be
1: three sacks in the first half. And now a forced fumble for Watt recovered by my J. Sanders.
0: Oh, my goodness. J.J. Watt, are you kidding me?
3: The number was three. He had three sacks. He had three quarterback hits. He had three tackles for loss. To go along with five tackles, the force fumble, and a pass defense, there were also 900,000 other reasons that he had a big old smile on that bench. Ron Wolfley, as we say, welcome back in to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford, and that was reportedly the contract incentives that he hit. 500,000 for the first one, and then 200,000 apiece for each of the next two sacks. Nine hundred thousand dollars on those three sacks right there (laughs) performance incentives in his 2022 contract
0: well paulie you know he he did have a baby you know i'm just saying right now (laughs) i want to put that away if you know what i'm talking about go ahead and put that into the school fund paulie man it was just incredible to see jj watt out there balling out the way that he was and i cannot say that i was really surprised
3: I tell you, at halftime, Nathaniel Hackett actually cited J.J. Watt, according to the sideline reporter that I talked with on the Broncos' sideline. The first thing he said was, well, we can't block J.J. Watt. And then because of that, they made the halftime adjustment. They only threw it like four times in the second half. All they did was start running the ball because their pass protection against Watt was so porous. Yeah, no, that's, you
0: know, once again, J.J. Watt is such a game changer. uh, When he's healthy and he's ready to go. Um, You see it firsthand. The guy makes plays, whether he's actually getting sacks or pressures, Paulie, or knocking the ball out of strip sack, whatever it may be. You know what? Those are obvious for so many people, but it's the plays that he makes where it's not so obvious at the uh, point of attack, the tip of the spear, what a great job he does. Um, And not only that too, Paul, but you know this. J.J. Watt is one of those guys. It's not just about him and what he does. He impacts guys around him.
3: You know, he was brought in in the late stages of his career, obviously. And one of the big reasons why was leadership. And he has definitely checked that box. So when you talk about, okay, where are the Cardinals going from here? After this season, what exactly is the plan with J.J. Watt, whose contract is up, and we get it. He's 33 nails he has little miles in that body. But look, A, at how he's playing. And then, B, look at what he does in that locker room. In fact, hard knocks after the game in Denver last night gave us a look and a listen at his post-game speech.
4: I'm not gonna stand up here and tell you it doesn't suck. It sucks, it's brutal. But what I do have respect for is everybody busting their (laughs) I appreciate the willingness to come in every day and be a man and go about your work and go about your business, even when we all know what the situation is. Don't lose that. You gotta try and get better
0: each day, please. Like for yourself and for us as a team, both equally because right now the reality of the situation is is you're also doing for next season because the unfortunate reality is that we're not of the playoffs
4: so take care of yourselves study don't let up hit the weight room hit the books it's not time to pack it in it's time to work and put yourself in a better situation
0: oh man you know what makes a player great paulie is consistency, and J.J. Watt is that guy. What he's basically describing right now is it doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter what week of the season is. It doesn't matter what team you're playing. It doesn't matter what coach you're playing against. None of it matters. What it is is a football game. That's all it is, and you have another opportunity to go out And play as hard and as well as you possibly can. This is the reason why I love J.J. Watt. This guy, the consistency, when you listen to him talking about this and going about your business and being a professional, the consistency is what is so amazing about this guy. Not only how he plays, but also how he thinks.
3: And you see it on Hard Knocks when he was mic'd up and the opponents, the opposing players after the game, the reverence they have for a J.J. Watt and the respect for his game. I remember coaches on this staff saying a couple of games into his first season with the Cardinals, they had no idea. They knew he was a leader. They had no idea of his ability to speak like that in front of the team, and he really... He is that guy. He is that voice that everyone follows. Now, the one person who's not been surprised about that, Vance Joseph, who was an assistant coach on those Houston Texan teams when J.J. Watt came into the league as a first-round draft pick. So those two, you see them talking a lot. And here's Vance, uh, and he was on Hard Knocks, just about his message, right? And this is to the team about the final stretch upcoming.
1: You know, my point to the players right now is, man, this last month, you know, be selfish about your time and be the best player you can be. So moving forward, no one questions if you can play this game. Sometimes in team sports, we tell lies about, I don't want to make money. I don't want to be a starter. I just want to be a good team guy. That's bull But here's my point to you guys. This year is not loss. So I want you to want something. I want you to go earn something. That's okay. You want a contract. If you want to be a starter, play your ass off. Help us win games. I want you to be selfish to be the best player you can be. But what's your ass at it.
3: The all-access that we get behind the scenes from Hard Knocks NFL Films Wolf, what stands out to you about that speech, Vance Joseph, what he had to say to the defense?
0: Yeah, you know, it's just so true right now. Typically, when you get a guy that basically says, I'm going to play for you, you know what, buddy, sit down. Okay, you know what, honestly, just go play for yourself. You can see it, it's very interesting. That J J Watt and not only J J Watt but Vance Joseph, they're trying to get guys that are out there. They're trying to reach guys that are still young and developing. They're trying to they're they're trying to reach these guys and let them see that you know what you have an opportunity, man. You have an opportunity to finish this season strong, and. Send a message to not only the Arizona Cardinals going forward, but also to every other team that might be interested in you one day. Every other team that might be looking at you this offseason, if in fact you're going to be a free agent. We know there's a large contingency of guys inside that locker room that are going to be a free agent. So what he's saying is be selfish. Go ahead, look at yourself, and go out there and ball out. And you know what, Paulie? Honestly, I just want to say this once again. That's the way it should be every week. That should be it. Whether you're under contract for four years, whether, whether you're going to be out there as a free agent in the off season, it doesn't matter. You've got to train yourself, train your heart, train your mind, your soul to go out and play like that every, every game. And, man, if you can get guys to do that, if you can get guys to understand that, Paul – Man, it makes things so much better.
3: And you're right. There's nearly 30 pending free agents. You've played nearly 80 players this year. Decisions will be made. There will be change after a losing campaign like this. Guess what? There's most likely going to be change at the GM position, according to NFL Network and the reports they put out there. So if there's a different decision maker, as Cliff Kingsbury said he told the team, that these guys are going to have some recency bias, if you will, when they look at the film. They're going to go to the film and say, what sort of game did you put out there when the games didn't count? Yeah. Down the stretch, what were you like? And were you one of the first – were you part of the problem or, you know, part of the solution? And I think that's part of the message that Vance and J.J. Watt are trying to convey.
0: No, you're you're right on it, Paulie. You really are right there. You know, I say it all the time. you got to take this game personally. you got to make it personal, Paul. And um, that's what I think it is. If you make it personal like that, it's never going to be a game to you. It's going to be a test. And if you make it a test, somehow, some way, you can turn it into a test. You're going to go out and you're going to give everything you have. Take it personally.
3: Well, look, the Cardinals are going to have one last gift to unwrap on Christmas. It'll be Christmas night. They lead the home game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football, prime time international tv audience so yeah you want to go out there and you want to do something for yourself you want to do something about that home win-loss mark this year and we'll talk about how and with whom next when we come back this is the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford
1: Back to pass goes Rippon, looking deep, airing it out right side, underthrown and picked off on the goal line. Intercepted on the goal line by Buda Baker and returned out to the four. Buda Baker
0: sitting in the middle of the field. That was an easy pick for Buda.
1: You know, these type of accolades come. It's definitely a cool thing, and especially with,
4: you know, the team not doing as great as we could um, and them still, you
0: know, you know, giving me the praise, giving me the good accolades. So it's definitely special and, um, you
1: know, cool for me.
3: An easy pick is an an easy interception, an easy pick for all the voters. Buda Baker, an all-pro safety, a starter in the Pro Bowl. How about it? That's his fifth, by the way, Wolf is Craig Grelu. Not me as Craig Greelu pointed out. Um, there's another cardinal safety. Now, this one doesn't wear number 24, but there's another cardinal safety. You just exceeded your number of Pro Bowls by one. First Adrian Wilson, now Buda Baker.
0: Well, first of all, you had to say that, Pauly, honestly. That was Greg Realu who pointed that out. I'm okay, just, yeah. <laughs> right, right yeah. exactly. Yeah. We all know it, A-Dub, of course, had five. I only got to four. Thank you <laughs> yes. very much, Paul. Really yeah. appreciate that. You know, it's, it's fascinating, Pauly. In the last beautiful part of the program, we were talking about greatness and consistency. And can I ask you, do you think Buddha Baker, Paul, do you think he treats games differently? Or do you think Buddha goes out pretty consistently and lays it on the line, game in and game out.
3: I never thought I would see another Cardinals safety in recent history play as hard, down in, down out, week in, week out, as Tyron Matthew. And Buda Baker does it. Yes. He probably exceeds it, to be honest with you. Yeah,
0: Paulie, it's just, it's a great thing to watch. It really is. He's, he's a guy that takes the game personally. He's a guy that is consistently great. Why is that? It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter how big the game is. It doesn't matter if it's played on Christmas and if it's going to be a nationally televised game. It doesn't matter. Buddha Baker approaches each and every game exactly the same. And guess what? Guys see that. People see that all over the country. And that's the reason why he's going to the Pro
3: Bowl. Hey, look at the playoff loss last year in L.A. Look at when he got hurt at the very end. He was the one guy who was still running around like the game had just started. It's just, it's remarkable. And when you look at the last four years, basically his run of Pro Bowl safety, starting safety, right, nominations and bids, uh, he leads all NFL safeties and tackles, and it's not even close. He exceeds the next closest guy by over 100 tackles. It's Paul, just, it's been dominant play by Buddha Baker.
0: Think about this, too. At some point in time, man, he's going to continue to go to Pro Bowls. It's not like he's got this huge resume of picks he doesn't have a ton of picks in the national football league for a safety and yet all this guy does is go out and produce pro bowls after five pro bowls right now um the guy is incredible man he gets like three four more and you're gonna start looking at him like this is hall of fame stuff
3: you know what he does have he has the respect of all his teammates and he has the respect of everybody who watches Cardinals game film Vance Joseph said that again today how many coaches come up to us just tell him how Buda Baker jumps off the Cardinals film and we've heard that so many times if you're Tom Brady you're obviously looking for Buda Baker before every snap right you're okay where's number three where's number 99 and then for the Cardinals, speaking of quarterback, you have Trace McSorley, and we talked a lot about Brady, but let's talk about what the Cardinals are facing with their third-string quarterback, starting with the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury.
0: Yeah, avoid the negative plays. You know, the last few times he's gotten, it's really without any reps at all. So if he can get some reps, I think it'll help, and, and just, you know, got to stay away from the turnovers, and then first and second down sacks if we can stay on schedule, particularly against... Um, this tampa front that'll definitely help our chances
3: and those are all things that obviously plagued him in that second half coming in relief of colt mccoy but now he has a full week of practice he gets all the reps and he's going to get a game plan catered towards his skill set and plays that he likes remember cliff kingsbury told us on his tv show this week he's going to (laughs) ask he's asked trace okay look what are you most comfortable running so with that in mind wolf what's a realistic expectation you think for trace mcsorley on sunday night
0: yeah, you know, Paulie, I I wish I knew, Paul. I wish I could answer your question, really. it's, I have no idea what to expect from Trace McSorley in a game where he's going to have all week. He's going to have all week to prepare for it. I would expect we're going to see a real blend The old versus the new. That's what I expect, Paul. I do. I I think we're going to see Trace McSorley maybe a little bit more under center than what we have seen, Colt McCoy even, or or surely Kyler Murray, of course. I think we're also going to see him in the shotgun. I think the pistol. I think we're going to see more variations of the blending of the old and the new in yeah, Trace McSorley is a guy that can pull the ball down and run. Yep. And that I would expect to see RPOs. I would expect to see zone reads as well. And you know what? I would expect to see 22 and 23 duo, as we like to call it a north-south attack of the line of scrimmage and then play action off of that. I think Trace McSorley can do all yeah. of that.
3: I have no idea how he's going to play, but he doesn't look flustered. I- I'll tell you that much. He, he handled the press conference with a palm. I mean, he didn't look nervous at all. All the questions about facing Tom Brady, his first career start against Tom Brady on Sunday night in primetime. <laughs> Here's a guy who won three state titles in high school and then went to Penn State and was a four-year starter. So, I mean, he's used to a big stage, in a lot of ways, but nothing quite like this. But it is amazing how many guys in the locker room use one word with him, confidence. He, he, they say he plays with a lot of bravado, so we'll see if that translates to the field against Tom Brady and company on Sunday night.
0: Yeah, no, I, you know they're going to need that, there's no doubt. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of effort the Arizona Cardinals give coming out of the tunnel. Um, they've had a miserable season for the most part. And for me, Polly, man, as the misery continues to pile on, um, it, it forces you to go out. It fills you with this expectation of going out and balling out these last three games when you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, Pauly. It, it makes you go out from the very get-go, from the opening kickoff, and ball out because you know – That it's winding down. You know that it's going to end. You know the misery is going to be over at some point in time. More times than not. And, Paul, you know I've got a Ph.D. in losing. More times than not. Man, the last three, four games of a season, that's ball-out time right there. It fills you with a hope of, of a new day, a better way next season. It's and, the light at the end yeah, of the tunnel.
3: And I agree. We'll know right away if the Cardinals are matching that energy, that desperation from a Buccaneers team where the head coach, Todd Bowles, says, quote, we have three games left to save our season. They're 6-8. and eight. They have one game leading the division. If they win out, they're in. They will host a playoff game, and Tom Brady will avoid the first losing season ever of his NFL career. Wow. Think about that. But they have to win out all three of their final games – so we'll see if the Cardinals are up to it, you know, matching that. You're also figuring to hear Trey Brink-Bride talk about a Wolf. I mean, if you know one thing about Todd Bowles from his years here, he's going to go down swinging, isn't he?
0: Oh, yeah. You know, that's the one thing about it right there. You're talking about a defense that is going to be hyper-aggressive. We heard Trey McBride, as you say, talking about that thing. But that's the one thing we know about Todd Bowles. He is, Paulie, he is a grandmaster guru sensei when it comes to five-man pressures. He's bringing five. You just don't know which five he'll actually bring. And then we know that he's got a real affinity as well for bringing cover zero, and that's man across the board bring everybody when it gets down to it when it's nasty time Todd Bowles is not afraid to dial up cover zero so I would expect especially with Trace McSorley a young quarterback I would expect Todd Bowles to give him a lot of complex pressure package looks and a lot of blitzes as well
3: And think about it, the Cardinals could have their 11th difference starting offensive line combination based on whether Kelvin Beecham is going to go at right tackle. He did not practice again today. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers got Tristan Wirfs back to practice. So that could be a big disparity. We'll see as the Cardinals injuries continue on both sides of the ball. Again, it's going to be Sunday night cardinals and tampa bay buccaneers tom brady has played more super bowls in that stadium than he has regular season games think about that all right all part of the allure that trey mcbride and everyone else is going to be facing with the cardinals special thanks to the cardinals rookie ted n as our special guest thanks as always jim omohandro cody fincher for ron wolfley on paul calvisi this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford